Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. It is great to be back in the studio. Had to take a short two-week break. I was a little bit under the weather, and I did not necessarily have the voice to, uh, to do an episode. But it, again, it's great to be back to talk about some sports here. But I've come back with a banger. I am here with one of my friends from camp, Paul Gonzalez. Paul, how's it going? Doing good, bro. How are you? Doing good. Great to have you on the show. Very excited to get into some NFL. NFL playoffs are coming up. Playoff scenarios are on their way. Week 17, it's going to be a big week, but we just had week 16 and a lot just happened. Now, what, what teams do you support? Give a little background on uh, where your fandom comes from. So um, my dad, born and raised in Cleveland. So by natural nature, I born and raised Cleveland Browns fan, all into all Cleveland sports teams, but uh, definitely Browns are my favorite team because football is my favorite sport. So passionate Browns fan. Yeah, and the, the Browns have had a very good season thus far, but a rough game yesterday. So let's just hop straight into it. Definitely a tough one for Browns fans as well. It could have been 11-4, and four, but an upset. The Jets beat the Browns 23-16. to 16. No one really saw this coming, including myself. I was talking to a friend yesterday who's, whose dad's also a Browns fan, and I was like, well, yeah, y'all are going to win this game. Then you have a big game against Pittsburgh for seeding. But now these Browns just have to fight to make the playoffs. What did you see when watching this game yesterday? I was not able to watch the game, but I did see some highlights, and uh, de- definitely a lot of things stuck out to me. So what stuck out to you as, as a fan? Well, I mean, obviously I was much less confident in the Browns after, you know, their top four starting receivers were put on the COVID list and they had two offensive line stars out. So from a get-go, Baker was not getting protection. And Baker didn't play well by any means, um, but he was put in a very tough situation. I was more disappointed in our defense than our offense just because I didn't expect a lot from the offense going into the game with so many starters out. Um, but And there was a missed call. Miles Garrett had a forced fumble that should have been returned for a touchdown. It was blown dead. But, again, refs aren't perfect. So, um, I, I was more disappointed in our defense not making the plays we needed to counter the starters we were missing on offense. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. When you got a guy like Miles Garrett there, you definitely want to get more than two sacks as a whole team and Sheldon Richardson. I think a big thing that stuck out to me on the stat sheet, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt only ran the ball 15 times. And I know part of that is attributed to being down for most of the game, but this Browns team, their identity is running the football and they have two stud running backs to do so. And when you do run the ball, Baker Mayfield is able to get more options. Now, I actually didn't realize that all of their receivers were out till after the game, and that has a huge impact because those receivers, Landry, Peoples, Jones, Higgins, they've been playing pretty well recently. So to have them out definitely has a huge impact on the offense. But like you said, yeah. Baker, wasn't, Baker wasn't great, 28 of 53. That's a lot of throws for Mayfield, 285 yards. But I think you got to run the ball more than 15 times. They they could not get the run going run game going whatsoever. Chubb at halftime, I believe, had six carries for eight yards. I mean, the Jets did a great job, I guess, game planning, knowing what was coming. Because again, Baker plays based on how the run game. He's great off play action. He needs that to open up for him to play well. Um, so yeah, the that was from the get like first half. Obviously, that was the biggest problem. We couldn't run the ball. We couldn't run the ball all game and. As you said, that led to us 
we're not going to win the game. We're not going to win any game against any team in the NFL if Baker throws it 50 times. Um, and I, I don't know how much blame you can put on Stefanski for that. They were trying to run the ball. They just weren't getting any yards, and then they were down, so they were forced to throw the ball um, pretty much to just tight ends and practice squad players. So they, I would have liked to see the run game featured more, but it just wasn't working, and they were running out of time. So is what it is. They kind of had yeah. to lean on the pass game, and we saw how it played out. Definitely. And definitely a bad time to lose your entire receiving core uh, in a game where, number one, you should definitely win because it's against the Jets. But number two, because of the playoff implications. Thankfully for you guys, the Colts did lose yesterday. Pittsburgh came back to beat them, which isn't good for your AFC North crown hopes, which is now won by the Steelers. But it does give you a little bit more cushion for the wild card spots. Baltimore also won yesterday. Miami won on Saturday. So those are the four teams really contending for those three spots. So with you guys going up against Pittsburgh next week, I think – and I'm not sure how it is with y'all, but if you win, you're in. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, no, if we, if we win, we're in. Um, if we lose, we need – I think it's a – although it's, I think now the Titans are 10-5 and five as well. Okay, so the Colts are – the, the Titans are still at the top of that division, right? They have a tiebreaker over the Colts. Yes, uh, the Titans are ten and five. Okay, okay, yeah. and I, I just believe wasn't the Colts sure are too. Yeah, they are. Um, right. Okay, so yeah, I think it's when we're in, and if we lose, we need like a Indianapolis loss against the Jags, which isn't going to happen. Um, so we basically control our own destiny at home, Week Seventeen in Cleveland. Um, It'll be Baker's biggest game of his career. Last time he played the Steelers this year when they were saying it was the biggest game of his career, he pooped his pants. So um, I think he's grown <laughs> a lot since then. He's, he, I mean, he played great against Baltimore minus that one throw a couple weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is Baker's game, in my opinion. He, he's, he's either going to be the reason they win or he's going to be the reason they lose because I don't think the run game is going to be enough to beat the Steelers. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely against their, uh, their front four, which even though their, their entire defense is a little banged up, it's going to be hard to run on the Steelers. But I think Baker's been really good recently. When we originally planned to do this episode, it was going to be after the Giants game because I'm a Giants fan, and Baker was throwing all over us. And I don't know what week it's been since, but it was either week seven or eight. Maybe it was the Cincinnati game. Since that game, yep. Baker has thrown two interceptions. He's no, taken yep. care it of the ball really well. It was after that first quarter, that first quarter of that Cincinnati game, he was like 0 for 5 with a pick. And the rest of the game, he went 22-23 for 200-some, almost 300 yards and five touchdowns. And the only incompletion was a spiked ball um, on the last yeah, drive where he threw the game-winning touchdowns pass to Peoples-Jones. Yeah. Um, since then, he, he up to this past – yesterday, he – I mean, he'd been phenomenal. I, I, even I was impressed, and Baker's my favorite player. Um, but I, I'm not I, – again, I really don't think – I think there's five quarterbacks in the NFL who could have played well under the circumstances Bacon yesterday. So I, I really can't knock him too hard for it, um, but he's got to make up for it this week. Yeah, definitely. I think I think part of the reason that he's going to get some criticism and this Browns team will get criticism for this game is because it's against the Jets, which a lot of people assume is just a, a shoe-in win. But 
again, if you lose your receiver core, kind of like with the Broncos, when you lose your quarterback room, it's going to be hard to win those games. Um, I mean, but, and say what you want about the Jets. They, they've beaten two potential playoff teams in the past two weeks. I know they're not a great football team, but this idea that, that like, the NFL is in any given Sunday league. This idea that the, the Jets should be a shoe-in loss every week is ridiculous because we've seen a team go winless twice in the history of the NFL since there's been a 16-game season. Like, it, it doesn't happen. And the, I feel like people think that the NFL is way more polarized and spread out than it really is because at the end of the day, it is any given Sunday. Yeah. Also, I was reading a tweet after the Jets blew the game versus the Raiders. Why would it, why would players want to lose on purpose so future players of the team can take their spot? Exactly. Like, and not. honestly, and, and if I'm Darnold, are you kidding me? I'm I'm supposed to lose games so that I lose my job? No. Like. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's like you. Why would you lose just so Justin Fields can take your spot? Well, now Justin Fields. Now that Trevor Lawrence is gone, which definitely as a Jets fan is probably conflicting because you want to win games. Losing is not fun, but. Trevor Lawrence was right there. And the fact that you lose for the entire season and then beat two very good teams, um, definitely conflicting for Jets fans. But, um, yeah, Browns have a big week 17 next week. Uh, I'll definitely uh, – later this week, I'll definitely do uh, a whole NFL preview probably on Friday before all the games. But let's transition to my New York football Giants because this NFC East is still terrible. It's so complicated. Yesterday, the Giants lose to Baltimore – the Cowboys beat Philadelphia, knocking them out of playoff contention, and the Washington football team loses to the Panthers. So now the Washington football team is 6-9. and nine. So are the Cowboys, and the Giants are 5-10. and ten. So the winner of this division is going to have six or seven wins. I mean, how atrocious are all of these teams? It's ridiculous. Whichever team out of the four seats, Baltimore, Cleveland, Miami, and Indianapolis – um, or Tennessee, I guess, because they could still lose the division. But honestly, one of those, whichever team doesn't get in, I'm going to feel so sorry for because one of these NFC teams, East teams is going to get in. Um, and I find it very interesting. They flexed Eagles versus the football team, the Sunday night football. So that so if, if the Giants win, if your Giants win at 1 o'clock, they are just going to have to wait until Sunday night to see if they're going to get a shot in the play. I mean, same with Cowboys win. But the fact that that's on Sunday night football over Rams, Cardinals, or Browns, Steelers even, is ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the entirety of America is so excited to watch Alex Smith dump the ball down 20 times to his running backs and watch the <laughs> Eagles get about 10 penalties for 100 yards. I mean, it's – no one cares. I'm a Giants fan. No one cares about the NFC East. This team is going to lose <laughs> immediately in the playoffs. They would play Seattle or Tampa Bay. Tampa, They're going to yeah. get throttled. And yeah, if exactly. the Giants do make the playoffs, then I'm going to be happy. But it's not a playoff team. The high pick would really help if we go 5-11. and 11, I'm not going to be mad. So it's kind of a win-win for, for the Giants. But um, we are on a three-game losing streak. I think the offense could really use some work. Daniel Jones – I think when we started playing well, when we went on a four-game win streak, it was because he was able to get out of the pocket. But now that he's a little injured, he hasn't been able to do that much. Yeah, with quarterbacks like him, 
kind of like Trubisky's that way where he they're neither of them are great at throwing the football, but they're both very athletic and they play the best when they're get out of the pocket and they can move. It's kind of the same thing we say when, Oh, Henry Ruggs or a receiver uh, running back seal player like that. You got to get him in space. You got to like get him in space so he can make plays. Well, it's kind of the same with Trubisky, Daniel Jones, time quarterbacks. You have to get them out of the pocket so they can use their legs to make plays because neither of them are great throwers of the football. And we've seen it with Trubisky work these past however many weeks. Uh, he's played a lot better since he's got his job back and Matt Nagy gave up play calling duties. He's out of the pocket more. And I mean, I, I, I obviously I think what the Giants are trying to do with Daniel Jones, but with his injury, he just isn't hundred percent. It's obvious. Yeah, and, and not having Saquon Barkley for the whole season definitely puts more pressure on him. Even though Wayne Goldman's been really good running the ball, but these receivers just aren't really getting it done for us. Um, I don't know what happened to Darius Slayton. He had a really yeah. good rookie season, especially that second half. And these past weeks, he just has not been impressive. Arizona, three for 31. Cleveland, four receptions for 74 yards. And then against Baltimore, two for 26. I don't know what happened to him and his connection with Daniel Jones because they were on fire to start the season against Pittsburgh and at the end of last season. So I think a receiver is something that we definitely need uh, either in the draft or free agency. But after that Seattle game, I was really thinking that this team was going to win a few more games and, and not just make the playoffs, but tr- maybe win a game. But it's, it's not looking that way at this point. No, not at all. Um, I don't give any – whoever comes out of that division, I don't give them any chance to win any game, no matter who they play. Um, Jamar Chase, the Giants, if they lose, he's going to be right around where they are on the draft board. That would be interesting. Yeah, I mean – I, w- I would kill for a talent like him. We already gave away Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, to your Cleveland Browns. And now that I brought up Odell, this is something I want to talk about. With you as a Browns fan, there has been this narrative that Baker Mayfield is better off without Odell Beckham Jr. What do you feel about that? Because in my opinion, I feel like that's just an excuse for his bad play. Because a talent like Odell, he is phenomenal. But I do see the other side that he could take the focus away from your offense of running the football. Yes. So before I give my table is a very, very, very talented top five talent receiver wise, I think in the league. Um, We tried it from watching I mean, just from a pure eye test, watching the games Baker's played without Odell and the games he's played with Odell, he play, he he sees the field better without Odell on the field. That is just a fact. If you, like, look at any – go watch back any game, look at stats, he sees the field better. He spreads the ball out more. He's more – just – he seems more comfortable with Odell not on the field. And I would love that pairing, that marriage to work because that just – it opens up a whole nother part of our offense. Um, and I want to see it again next year. I, I, I don't want uh, the Browns to get rid of Odell. I want them to try it again next year, give it another run back. But if they do, I, I really can't be upset about it because Baker's best games have been um, with Odell hurt. And I, I mean, 
quarterbacking matters more than receiver. We all know this. So if, if that's how it is, then so be it. Because I, I think it, I think, well, this is obvious. Baker's play leads to more, like the better Baker plays matters more than how good Odell plays. And if it's not going to, if they're not going to mesh together, then so be it. Ship them out of there, get some picks, get some talent. Cause so far it, it hasn't worked. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that. Uh, Baker it, I mean, the games that Odell hasn't played, I think he's been more comfortable. I think when Odell was on the field, I think he honed in on him a little too much because you need to get your star receiver the ball. You know, Odell wants the ball. Um, in New York. Yeah, does a little oh. I think our connection is going a little bit out. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're back now. It just froze for a sec. Okay. Sorry, sorry for the little little pause there, little technical difficulties, but we're going to carry on. What were you saying there about, about Odell? Just we all know he can be a diva. So I, Baker, I think Baker's subconsciously worried. If I don't get him the ball, is this going to create drama in the locker room? Is he going to get upset? Because, I mean, we saw it in New York, Odell can be – just as bad of a distraction as he can be as good of a receiver. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and that team, it's a run first team. And I think Odell has matured enough to say, he said at the start of the season, Hey, I'm not going to get the stats that I normally got. I'm going to do what's best for the team. And what's best for this team is running the ball. We saw it yesterday. They only ran the ball 15 times. We saw it happen. We saw them run for over 300 yards against Dallas and, and they destroyed them. So I think that's a, it's definitely a big conversation that, that that front office is going to have to deal with next year. So let's transition to the entire NFL picture. Chiefs clinched their first round by last week. Seems like they are unstoppable right now. Aside from that one week against Oakland, they have won every single game. Who do you think is the team that can best contend with the, with the Chiefs and potentially knock them off? AFC or in the entire NFL? Uh, we'll, we'll go with AFC. Mm, Buffalo. Um, I think it's Buffalo because they have the They, they have the firepower to compete. The Ravens are probably up there, but I think I love – I think Sean McDermott's one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. Uh, Josh Allen's had a phenomenal season. Him and Diggs have been spectacular together. Uh, I think they are – maybe them and the Ravens, I think, are the only teams that can just go sh- – or to at least tr- go shot for shot with Mahomes and the Chiefs points. That being said, the Bills don't have the run game to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand. So, it, you, there's – I don't think it's Bills by a lot because the Ravens have a good run game, the Titans have a good run game, so they're more game scripted to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, which is, you know, said to be the method to beat quarterbacks and teams like that. But gut feeling, I, I think it's the Bills because they, the, they have the firepower. They've been awesome in this season. Um, 
they've got a lot of playmakers on that deep as well. And I've just um, the most out of the Chiefs this year. Yeah, I, I would have to go with the Bills as well there. I think uh, the trade for Diggs was huge for this organization because it got Josh Allen that number one target that he needed. They still have Cole Beasley. John Brown's going to come off IR, or he might have already. I'm not really sure. Gabriel Davis is a really good rookie, and that defense has the potential to to really uh, stop the pass because you got Tredavious White, you got Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. That's a pretty good secondary um and and again that they can put up points they put up 50 on the broncos like like it was nothing and they could have gone for more but yeah i'm with you there on the bills i'm not so sure on the ravens just because lamar's come up short in some of these big games the browns game was really the first time i saw him um Mm -hmm. the one on monday night football really show up in the clutch and I, i just don't think he can necessarily hang with mahomes because of uh, the lack of receivers around him. I don't think he has the weapons to throw the ball, like uh, to, to keep up with Mahomes. And also the, the turnovers can become a problem for Lamar. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this AFC bracket, uh, how it plays out because you got the Chiefs at one. You got the, the Bills, I believe, are second. And I think you got Steelers and then Titans. But the, the AFC is going to be a very, very fun side of the bracket to watch. Um, who do you have coming out of the AFC? For me, this is an easy answer. I'm going with the Chiefs. It's hard to bet against them, but um, what do you think? Are you going with the Chiefs or are you going with the field? Chiefs 100%. I'm not a big I see someone outplay him. Another quarterback that can is Aaron Rodgers. And that even that's a maybe, but for AFC, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone, I, I don't think anyone stands a chance against the Chiefs. I mean, these again, Bills, Titans, right? They can be competitive. They, I, I don't, I don't see them not getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad that you brought up Aaron Rodgers because they beat Tennessee last night, and I mean. Devontae Adams, three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers is playing. He's having an MVP caliber season. And I do agree with that, that um, Rodgers is the one quarterback that can really hang with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, if they get to the Super Bowl, I think that'll be a phenomenal mm-hmm. super, uh, super Bowl. Uh, transitioning to the NFC, we'll, we'll stick with the Packers and, and that side of things. Um, I, I think – I think New Orleans, if Drew Brees gets gets back to his old ways, I think he could be a huge threat to the Packers. But I would I would have to say the Packers are probably the favorite right now. Oh, after last a hundred percent. I don't think I believe in the Saints as much as most people do. Just because they've been this, they've been a, a, had a very similar roster to the one they have this year for the past three or four years now. We've seen them fail and fail and fail and fail, and you can blame it on the pass interference, like or the push off Rudolph had last year. You can blame it on the Nicole Roby Coleman play, but those are just excuses. They've had so many chances, and I don't think Breeze. I think Breeze has got a noodle arm now. I mean, if. If you watch him play, that he really can't push the ball down the field, um, and he never had a strong arm. But he, he at least, you know, used to be able to get the ball down there. I don't even think he more. 
Um, I would one, but I think I would take Seahawks over the Saints. So if we're looking at the whole playoff picture, and I asked this question a few weeks ago with 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 uh, Ben on our last guest episode, but I want to ask it again now that we are definitely closer to the playoffs. Who is your one sleeper team that you think could kind of slide through maybe like a wild card team or definitely not a top seed that you think could make some noise and potentially make a surprising Super Bowl run? I'm going to keep my Browns out of this um, because I don't want to be biased. But uh, I don't think I trust Philip Rivers more a lot. And I hate, I obviously, I hate to say that because you know they took the Browns franchise. But they're they're hot at the right time. They're playing, the, and he's gonna have to break through and win win a, win a couple of playoff games eventually. So why not this year? So I'll say the Ravens. Well, the Ravens, yeah. Uh, connection went a little bit out there, but you you did say uh, Baltimore, right? One sec, everyone. Having a little bit of a connection issue right here. Right, sorry, guys. We're back. We had a little bit of a connection problem, but hopefully we figured it out. So you're saying that Baltimore would be your sleeper in the entire NFL to contend for the Super Bowl? Yeah, just because they're, um, they're one of the hottest teams outside the Chiefs and Packers right now. Uh, and uh, they have the recipe, so it really just comes down to Lamar's playoff woes. And I, I'm I think all of us will agree he's going to be a quarterback in this league for a long time. So you're going to have to shake those woes of off eventually. So why not this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the AFC. But I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. I think if this team makes the playoffs, this defense could really cause some problems for these top teams. Brian Flores is a phenomenal coach. I think he's done a great job this year. And – I think his – I know it's not good for Tua's development, but I'm not upset with his decision of pulling him for Fitzpatrick uh, because, number one, that just interrupts the defense's game plan. They're not preparing for Fitzpatrick. They're preparing for Tua. And I'm sure uh, playoff teams will probably prepare for both of them now, but that's just extra preparation. I think he's coaching this team really well. I think once they get their weapons back, like Devontae Parker, Gusecki, Jakeem Grant, I think – uh, the, I don't know if the offense wants necessarily be good enough, but defense wins championships. And I know that this defense, if they force some turnovers and maybe get a defensive touchdown, they can hang with anyone. You saw them do it against the Chiefs, and that's when Tua had a, had a pretty good game. Um, so I, I think they can make – I don't know if they're necessarily going to obviously win the Super Bowl or get there, but they could win a game or two and, and really, really flirt with making it all the way just because of their defense. No, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think Tua just 
he's a rookie. I think he kind of takes them out of that discussion. But it'll be very interesting to see, you know, two has a bad first half. Boom, Fitzpatrick's going in. Could have some magic like we've seen in the past. Uh, I love what Flores is doing with both of these quarterbacks because he's using – I mean, he's kind of using Fitzpatrick as that, like, ace reliever guy, just throwing him in, trying to – he's came in and gotten the win twice, right? Against Denver and Oak, or Las Vegas. So he, he, lo- uh, he lost to Denver, but he got him in the red zone. He, he did throw oh, okay. a pick, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he well, almost against, led two He had that play against, he had that play against Las Vegas. It was incredible. But uh, I like Fitzpatrick more in the playoffs, obviously than Tua. So I think it'd be very interesting to see how, how Flores manages it and to see how kind of short Tua's leash is in a, in a playoff game. Yeah, definitely. And I don't consider this team a sleeper, but I want to bring them up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because they are the wild card spot. I just don't consider them a sleeper because they do have Tom Brady. But this team could also go on a huge run with that high-powered offense with Godwin, Evans, Gronk, Antonio Brown. And if Brady's on his A game and if they run the ball well with Fournette or Ronald Jones, I think they could make some huge noise in the NFC. So to cap off – so to cap off this, this great episode, again, it's been fantastic talking to you. Give me your Super Bowl prediction and who you got winning. Oh, I don't want to be basic. Mm. Give me a second here. I think I think I have mine. I'm definitely going with I'm definitely going to go with Kansas City from the AFC. And the NFC, NFC is really tricky because Green Bay always flops in the playoffs, especially recently. They had a horrible game against San Francisco last year, and I I could see them having one of those games against a Tampa Bay just like earlier in the season. Um, I don't really believe in the Saints, kind of like what you said. I think uh, Drew Brees is too much of a question mark at this point, but obviously they could could get there. But for the NFC, I am going to go with Tampa Bay. I, I think that is the one team that obviously they could have a bad game too, but Tom Brady in the playoffs, I mean, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Everyone knows that. Six rings. I I think if that offense gets clicking, they put up 50 on the Lions. But if that offense gets going, I don't think anyone in that division or in that conference can stop them. And I think they will get to the Super Bowl against Kansas City. I can't be mad at that. I think I'm going to stick with what I said before the season. Uh, which was Chiefs over Seahawks. And I got pretty worried there right in the middle when Seattle's defense was just awful. But recently, I know they haven't played the stiffest competition, but that defense over the past six or so weeks has been excellent. Um, so I'll say I'll say, uh, Kansas City beat Seattle in a, in a really good one. Um, as much as I love, I'd love to see Rodgers and Mahomes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Seattle. Be yeah, Seattle was the one I was debating with with, uh, with Tampa Bay because, I mean, Russell Wilson, he's just phenomenal. And you're right, that defense has been trending upward. Uh, it just depends who, who they run into. Um, I guess last thing before um, – I know I said that this last question, but I want to transition to the NBA real quick because I want to give your Cavaliers a shout-out. I really, you. I really like what the Cavaliers are doing, and I'm going to get an NBA 
a recap of the first week, probably tomorrow or Wednesday. But since we have the Cleveland fan in here, talk about the Cavs a little bit because I really like what their roster and how they've been playing as they beat the Sixers by, what, 24 yesterday? Uh, I think it was more than 20. Yeah, I don't remember the exact number. But, yes, this is what I've been waiting to hear. Uh, now, I said it after the first two games, and my friends were like, oh, it was the Hornets and the Pistons. Anyone can beat those teams. Listen, I know it's early. I'm not, gonna, I'm not expecting a playoff berth from this team, really. But what Sexton and Garland have been doing these first two games, they've played great. I think Sexton's had – or Garland's had over 10 assists in both the last two games. Uh, Sexton's had more than 20 points in every game. They're playing great and at such a young age. It's actually funny that you mentioned this because right before I got on here, I found this – I think Darius Garland posted this picture of him and Sexton, and I set it as my background. But um, they, what they've been doing is awesome. And then Andre Drummond anchoring the defense. I, was, I wasn't very happy when they made that trade for him just because it didn't make a lot of sense to me because I thought he would go to, like, a win-now team. Um, but I, I, they're, they're an entertaining team to watch. Okoro, he's got a lot of potential. He, he played pretty well in, their, uh, in, his, in his debut. Um, he didn't play too well the other night, I don't think. But – I, I like what they're doing. I, 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 they got like Kevin Love and Drummond as the veterans, and then the the young guards, and then of course Akora, the rookie. So it, it's it's definitely been a pleasant surprise. Knock on wood. I know it's very early, but thank you for the shout out. Yeah, and and still they still have Kevin Porter Jr. Obviously, he has some off the court uh, things that he has to deal with, but yeah, but he's got a lot of potential too. Yeah, I, I think this is the, that Cavs seems really young. And when you have a good backcourt in the NBA, you've seen it with the, with the Blazers, with Dame and CJ, teams like that, you, once they grow and, and get better, because Sexton, he's really turning into like a really solid player, maybe a potential all-star. But this, this Cavs team could get back into the playoffs. And I think this is, this is a team that everyone should look out for because they are 3-0. and They've got a good young team, like you said. I really like Okoro as well, especially defensively. And we'll just see how the rest of the season mm-hmm. turns out. Uh, any, any last things you'd like to say, Paul, uh, if you want to drop your socials or anything like that? Oh, yeah, sure. But just a little extra touch on the Cavs there. I think it, uh, the, they're very fortunate that, about the uh, playing games because that I don't, like, exa- I don't really think they'll finish top eight in the East, but they only have to finish top ten and then win the playing game and boom. So um, I think that will definitely benefit in the season. But, yeah, um, Instagram underscore PG32, Snapchat PaulG32. Thanks for having me, Josh. No problem. It's, it's been fantastic doing this. Great episode. It's great to get back uh, on the podcasting. Definitely missed it when I was a little under the weather. But um, thank you so much, Paul, for, uh, uh, for coming on. And if, if, if you have stuck through all the way, this is definitely a longer episode. I like making these guest episodes a little longer. You're a trooper. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you tomorrow.